0: Previously, on Real Fantasy Encounters.
1: Level 5 is a true understanding of the nature of the world that Alex Matthews lives in. Which is that it is a tabletop podcast. (laughs) Alex, my name's Nick and I'm the GM. (laughs) What? You want to clear him out? Is that narratively fulfilling to you?
2: Narratively fulfilling?
1: (laughs) Invoker, we need
3: to stop this shit right now. This city is, is... disappearing
1: as we speak Um, Shorthorn portals over to where you are and says, the wings that Shikari now has, they're coming in pretty bad
2: I'm not sure I can handle another five again. That uh, I don't think I could, anyone should actually I don't think I handled it the first time. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm gonna stick this on four and I'm gonna rearrange the pages of that book. Jack You told you said you want me to do something. Yeah. If you let me do this right now, I'll listen to any order you give me from here on. Doesn't matter anyway.
3: Fuck. Um Jack Jag Jack, like, like is is speechless. Like uh, he cannot comprehend what is coming out of your mouth, and and like like he his shoulders slump and he steps out of the way of you and the machine.
2: At the very least, it's not how I want her story to end. I get in the machine, crank it up to Destiny's level four, and um, I look at Shikari, and when I was seeing all those um the staples upon and all that, I um start. Collating it into a into into a a bound tome, putting it all in order. I'm not trying to remove anything. I'm just trying to fix it so that way it's it's together and bound and controllable. Um.
1: Yeah. Roll to unleash my powers. Six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Take two. That's a a. Oh, love to be unstable or temporary, Shikari.
3: <laughs> it's
1: only destiny.
0: <laughs> I, I, again, I was about to say I got a metagame for a bit, but we just did a whole metagame bit. Um, <laughs> I, considering that you're on level four and you said you were rearranging tomes and rearranging destinies, I think what you do is you change my playbook. I think you've transformed me into a transformed. Oh fuck. Yeah.
1: Yeah, perfect. Absolutely. I love that.
0: Yeah, I think I I think as as you're like stapling this into a a new book, it's not sort of like you're so focused on stapling it and making it a like a solid just one part book that you sort of look at me and realize that I don't Look like shikari or the shikari you knew at least when this podcast this season first started. I I do not look human. I'm not as quite as visceral as the fully transformed Doctor Motham, but definitely a moth person. And I I will I will think on the 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 finite details of what that looks like. But I think I'm now a transformed. I think you've I think you've turned me into a moth person. Well, that's going to have ramifications on my. Everything.
1: Yeah. Um, Shorthorn's leaning down. She goes, Okay, she's stable now. She's so much better. I I turn I, the machine off.
3: and look I look down at her body and like the are the wings disappearing?
0: Absolutely not. Nope. They are I, I without a doubt, I, I think the wings are permanent. I think she's got two antenna. And I think her vitiligo patches just have permanent moth fur are the first key things that you notice. Cause I mean, she's still suited up for the yeah, most part, Yeah, yeah, but this suit's been torn in bits mm. and pieces, but like there are um, two like giant moth antenna poking like through her hair cause her hat's been blown off and the wings have, have not disappeared. In fact, they're probably a little bit bigger, but they are like healed. They're fully like healed wings. They're intact now. And in the bits where her suit has been torn, you can see like little s- bits of skin. I mean, some of her skin is regular, but all of the pale white vitiligo patches are now just white moth fuzz. And it's, it's not going away.
3: I, I, like, I see you exit the machine. I run, I run over to Alex Matthews and I say, thank God you've come up to your senses and gotten out of the machine. I right? Now you can fix that.
2: I just sit down.
3: Invoker, dude, now's not the time, what, what's, what's going on with Shikari,
2: man? I, I, the book that was there, I put it into order.
3: I, look, I far from it, for me to criticize your reality-bending abilities, I think you might have gotten this one wrong, partner, this, I, I think.
2: This is who, this is who she is now.
3: Hey, Jack. Jack like steps back and
1: goes
2: this is who she is currently meant to be
1: There is a dial tone coming from inside of the mech a boom boom bit boom 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 like Jack like looks
3: down at at Shikari's moth person form and looks at you and just like takes a step back and turns to short horn and goes hey yeah let's go save this city and i walk away yeah short horn follows you i think she drops a the portal then for you <laughs> yeah 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 and and like i turn around and i fall back into it
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> piece of shit you're just gonna leave me here. <laughs> just fucking leave me here. <laughs> Fuck.
3: You're, you're, with, you're with the best person
0: Oh yeah, 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 yeah
1: <laughs> so You've got a call incoming on this, Mick It is from Arthur Castle
2: I answer the call
1: Invoker, this is Arthur Castle
2: <laughs> Hi
1: Test trials went well?
2: I'm not sure well is the right word
1: We have enormous readings on the screens back here
2: Yeah, do they tell you that this world doesn't exist?
1: That's an unusual thing to say, Invoker.
2: <laughs> We're all just stories and a couple of, I don't know, 20-something-year-olds? Podcast.
1: Yeah, it's one of them named Nick. Yes. Yeah, Christ, we need to get you to Fiber Optic. Uh, you and your teammates need to get back here as soon as possible. Uh, We're trying to take back the missile silo, but you need to rest after that. How? What kind of shape are your teammates in?
2: Well, I turned one of them into a moth person. Permanently. They were like kind of a moth person, but now they're permanently a moth person. And I don't know where Hyperdrive and Shorthorn went. Mm. I think they went to go save the world.
1: Bring Shikari back at least. We'll debrief on this back at Rook Industries. Sure. We can talk about where to go from here.
2: Sure. I, um, I get in the mech. I pick Shikari up with the mech mm-hmm. and then I just fly back to Rook Industries. Yeah.
1: Um, so yeah, we'll follow Jack for a while here. The where where f- did oh. you teleport to?
3: I, I teleport to the, the one place that I'm, I'm worried about very much at the moment. And that is Horn Manor.
1: Yeah. Um, you and Short Horn, uh, jump out there and the entire place is rubble. Jack like runs through the gate. Um,
3: uh and and he starts going, Georgina
1: hmm. one's like, What?
3: um, and he keeps running,
1: oh, other oh, Georgina shit <laughs> <laughs> and
3: yeah, like he, he starts like fishing through through stones hmm. um
1: Christ, did anything survive oh uh, it it was like quite thoroughly leveled, like you've got the foundations of the building still there. Orox. Howdy <laughs> uh, Uncle Howard? Uh, Uncle Howard. Oh was was not in the building. Oh. That cowpoke was out on the range.
3: <laughs> it's it's been so long since we Orox. Um <laughs>
2: Nice um, to have some comic yeah. relief in these dark <laughs> moments. Um
3: uh, I, I I go, Orox, uh what about Georgina? Yeah. What about the, the woman who was here?
1: Uh, Dr- Georgina has left also Jack.
3: Oh. And like like Jack like 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 crouches down and like like he's got his head in his hands for a little bit and like jump rocks back up onto his heels. Mm. Um uh, and he goes Thank God.
1: Bulwark w- was worried he was being followed.
3: Followed by who? He seemed to think escapees from, from the under prison come a- 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 after him. Zegox has been all over the fucking news. How did they... How did they get out? I mean, how did they stay out? Like, when they rounded up for the trials? <sighs>
1: Poor Orox is trying to use anything he's got here. Still, to, like he's he's <laughs> communi- communicate uh, like uh, Short Horn's like gone over and like looked for where the voice is coming, and he's just mm. coming out of like a little uh, computer speaker. Okay, then <laughs> she so picks it up and brings it over to you, mm. and uh, he, he's it's it's uh, he's like trying to use light projections, but he, he can't really make any clear pictures. So it's yeah. <laughs> It's like a little flashing
3: LED light. Can, 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 can you see
1: Zima? that, partner?
3: I'll uh, theater of the mind at Horrocks <laughs> What happened? Where's, where's Bullock now?
1: Bullock led approximately Three, an, uh, an hour ago.
3: And he said he was being followed, what, by Zegok? or?
1: under prison, escapees. Ah, he said he was going to lose the...
3: I, um, uh, I, like, like, sorry, Jack, like, stands up, he looks around the the remains of the manor, mm. and he looks back to Shorthorn, and he says, everything else in here needs to needs to disintegrate.
1: The, the underprison <laughs> remains untouched. Jack,
3: Jack, um, uh, yeah, like he's he, like a huge wave of fear, like mm-hmm. like goes goes through his body, and um, uh, he makes his way into the basement,
1: yeah, <clears throat>
3: to the under prison,
1: mm.
3: yeah, and it's untouched. Mm-hmm. Uh, it has been opened.
1: Uh, my senses are not working down there. <laughs>
3: It's okay, Aurox. I'm I'm going to take inventory real quick. Mm. And I go cage to cage.
1: Yeah, Shorthorn comes with you as well. You go around, like, uh, this place is like, uh, it was not being used in the time that the Unoprisoned Trials had started. Mm. Like, you'd not actually activated it again yet. And so uh, it was just kind of sitting there dormant. And... uh uh, like, as you're going around, you can see that uh, a couple of the doors that had remained closed, like, someone is, like, forcibly opening them. Someone? What, like, in the fucking building with us right now?
3: Yeah. I fucking stop them. Um, <laughs> like, like, I portal myself. Yeah. I portal, put a portal on myself. Yeah, you're and finding... And portal
1: right next to them. Well, it's, the, it's like the remains of them uh, crowbarring. Oh, the remains? The remains? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Prevalent.
0: So they're not there right now, but you can tell, obviously, like, a physical person has so been sorry. here. sorry. Yeah,
3: yeah. I thought there was someone in there currently. No, no, no. But someone there. has. There could be someone deeper down in here.
0: It is a oh. big place.
3: Yeah. Yeah, no, I, like, I mean, I keep, I keep following. And when I see that there's, mm. there's, um, like, signs of burglary, mm. um, I, I begin tearing
1: through this mm. building. Yes. Um, yeah, looking for them. Yeah, you get further down. Um, there are a couple things down here. There, the, what's actually, like, ripping these things off, it's it's not a crowbar. It is the huge mechanical arms of these, uh, Tick robots. Oh, fuck. Yeah, there are about, uh, three of these down here. And they are accompanied by retcon. <laughs>
0: Dude, fuck you, off
1: right now. Back up. You, you've, like, come down to the start of this hallway. Like, he hasn't noticed you yet. He's up the other end of this underprison hallway. Mm-hmm. And he's uh, walking along with the tick bots as they rip open any doors. Just to make sure there are no... No one's trapped in here anymore. Short Horn and I remain hidden.
3: Yes. Um, I... I, like, turn to her. And I say... I need you to tell the team about this. Oh, oh. seriously, you want me to leave you here by yourself? It's me. I've gotten in with this guy. He thinks that
1: Bulwark and I are... Well, he he knows the truth. I'm going to get cavalry as soon as possible, and you're going to draw this out as long as you can? You can do that for me?
3: Sure, I'll... uh, Just put on (laughs) my villain mask. (laughs) How hard can it be? Sure, you did it before. And, um, the... She pootles off. Yeah, she Presumably. does. Yeah, and and I I walk out <laughs> jauntily.
0: <laughs>
3: um, uh, <clears throat> I open with. I always enjoyed the sound they make when they uh disengage.
1: <laughs> it's like uh, hearing a lobster being shocked, you the, know. The the bot stops. Uh, right turns around and he goes, "Who the hell are you?" Uh. <laughs> I'm uh I'm new on the block. Hyperdrive.
3: And I put out a hand to shake.
1: How did you get down here?
3: You knew about the underprison as well. Uh I knew the missiles tore this place to shreds, yeah. Oh, a scavenger, great. <laughs> so I prefer the term entrepreneur. <laughs> um the
1: there's also Everyone seems to prefer that term these days. <laughs> That's what what heroes are these days, huh? Uh, hero? No, no. So called
3: I, I, uh, am, like, I have a distant family relation to Bulwark. And I, I wanted to see what kind of civil liberties
1: he was, uh, intruding upon. Yeah, he gestures to the prison and says, this is what he was keeping him in, in stasis. So uh, what's your beef with the bull man? This is where he was keeping me in stasis.
3: Yikes. <laughs> <laughs> um uh, and and um uh, mm. like like Jack, Jack like walks walks up closer um mm. and he goes nice bugs and he gestures to the drones. I'm borrowing these. Oh. Cool. So you're working with the bug dude? On TV?
1: Yeah, Zegark. And a big werewolf too. Huh. It's kind of a temporary alliance.
3: Right, and then it's back to, and he mimes punching, mm. punching one another, huh?
1: Yeah. He, he turns
3: to you and says, have you got powers? Huh. <laughs> well, only what I can find. Actually, I'm, uh, I'm looking for a, a hover bike. I've seen that metal monstrosity using it on his days off.
1: Mm. I have powers. Cool. I can rip people apart. Any injury that anyone has ever taken, I can bring it back. I can look at you, I can feel, and he traces his finger down his chest in the same scar line where yours is. Yeah. Like, yours is invisible, but he knows where it is. I could yank that entire thing out right now. Jack gets a little clammy. <laughs> um, the... I did it to a guy once. I was It was a bar fight. I was a private in the army. Things got heated. I didn't know what I was doing. But it happened. And I got court-martialed. And I did my time. But I can't serve ever again. That's... <laughs> Man, that's, that's heavy. It's fucked up. What, what can you do if not? He, he's, he's sort of like uh, swinging his hands in front of him now, like just in a, a, a clasped motion. And he says, I was born with gifts, and I wanted to do something great with them. I wanted to use them for my country. These modern-day heroes, these entrepreneurs, they only want to do things for themselves. You've seen people like Bulwark, People like there's Rook Industries, people who are profiteering off this. Jack,
3: uh, <laughs> Jack, like, like, kind of, kind of gets a little more closed off, mm. and, and and instead of like keeping up the charade, starts listening.
1: I want people to use their powers properly. I want people to use their powers for this country, and I'm going to make sure people are too scared to do anything else.
3: I um, uh, look over at t- like to the 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 things like the mm. the, the under prison cages mm. that he's disengaging. Yeah. Um, uh, and Jack says it's a funny way of going about it. Like I more said, more chaos on the streets. It's a temporary alliance. Right. So you're the bad guy. You you're, you're not the brains of the operation. You you just mean. Being...
1: Oh, uh, you didn't think the bug was the brains of the operation, did you?
0: He's oh, just as racist as Bulwark. I forgot about that bit.
1: So what is it? The
3: three-person werewolf that's holding the strings here? What are you doing here?
0: <laughs> oh, you fucked up. You just fucked up. Oh.
3: This is an issue. Um...
0: <laughs> oh, my God, you idiot.
1: <laughs> he stops. <laughs> he says, you know a lot more than you're letting on. You feel a dull pain in your chest.
3: Jack Jack says, Are you telepathic as well? Are you holding that one out on me? Or what gave it away?
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, he's... Redcon says, I do not know who sent you, but you are going to be taking a message back with you.
3: Yeah, sure. Hey, you want to ease up on the chest pain a Uh. little bit?
1: Uh, you start feeling your leg where you were shot with the arrow. Oh, okay. Starts throbbing as well. I, like,
3: like, yeah, suddenly starting to get woozy. Mm. Um, uh, I, yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Every hero in this country over the age of 18 is going to enlist in the military.
3: That is a hell of a social policy.
1: They've got about a month to do so. You've, got, you you've got a couple more years to enjoy yourself, from what I can tell.
3: Cool. Uh,
1: but when your time comes around, you are going to as well. Or oh, this is going to happen. And your arrow wound blasts, explodes out. Oh, and like, like I,
3: yep. I, I'm I, like, like on the ground by this point, mm. and I say, So, when I tell Ivory Tower this, what do you expect him to do?
1: Exactly what I said. Man, you're pretty new around here, aren't you? Yeah, he kicks you in the head. <laughs> I, get, like, I get kicked across the floor? Yeah.
3: Um. Uh, and and like, I'm not going to try and
1: defend myself. I think. Okay. <laughs> yeah. He goes back further into the prison and he keeps yanking these doors open. Oh
3: God. Um. Uh, so these these things. Okay. No, I've got to formulate. I want to kick it over to you guys now. Yes.
0: Um, out fucking cold. And I would also like to reiterate that aside from like a few scratches down like my pant legs and arms that are very small, aside from the wings, you guys haven't seen my face or the rest of my body yet, so you mm. don't know what that looks like either.
1: Yeah. Uh, You are flying her with the mech back into this hangar bay over there. Mm-hmm. Um, Like... There's, like, a, a crew of people to, like, uh, land this in with you. Like, as soon as it's on the ground, they start running diagnostics and stuff on it. Um, Castle is there. He steps forward and uh, he, like, uh, lends a hand out to you so you can hop down out of it.
2: Uh, yeah, I I take it. Mm. Uh, so, I'm not sure quite what I did, but I think I rewrote shikari's story
1: she he he uh, like shikari's like still sitting in the the nook of the arm and like a couple more people get her down as well
2: i think she might need some medical attention
1: yeah uh like she's sort of like off panel but one of them like uh they would not pull down your mask these people work with heroes all the time they would not do that um, they they chuck you on a stretcher and they wheel you off. Actually, hmm?
0: would they? I technically work for Rook Industries now. You are an intern. Yeah.
1: But you are still down under your
0: the hero yeah, name you, only. You've got your anonymity an, clause? Yeah, an anonymity clause, yeah. And, yeah. An course, yeah. Yeah. Mm. and I, I mean, the doctors will take stuff off, but they have patient con- confidentiality bullshit.
1: Yeah. And so uh like from this point on you can wake up
0: whenever you want.
2: Okay. Mm-hmm. How are those uh conditions? Do they transfer over as well?
0: Yeah, they do. Yeah, I figured they would. That's fine. I mean, like even if even if they didn't, I would wake up and feel so bad that I would get five conditions. <laughs> on the spot. <laughs> on the spot. Mm.
1: You said someone needed to talk to me? Fiber optic. And uh he like uh uh-huh. uh passes you one of the rook pads. And it's uh, it's just Skype called into this guy because he didn't want to leave his room.
0: <laughs> Fuck you, bruh.
2: <laughs>
1: yeah. Um, hello. Uh, yeah. Um,
2: why should anything you're about to say to me matter?
1: Um, the this guy who's uh, on the screen here, he's got a pair of like Men in Black sunglasses on, <laughs> and uh, he's got the the bottom half of his uh, face is covered up with a like one of those nose down masks. He says because you've met Nick. Yep. The GM. Yep. (laughs) My name's Fiber Optic. I'm the head of exemplar investigations. And the last one carrying that legacy on.
2: Right. And why should I care right now?
1: Why should I care about any of this? Because we are the only two people who know about this. I mean, I told a bunch of other people. And I told Arthur Castle. I I told some other exemplars as well, and none of them give a shit about it. They're more worried about their own reality around them. (laughs) They just want to think about the physical things that are happening. Right. But you've seen it, so you're a little different, right?
2: Yeah. You met any of the others?
1: There was uh, Aaron, Charlie, Seamus that's you the person running you
2: right now you,
1: you are so important like i've got to make this clear like me that like they made me up in like a side episode <laughs> oh. and hadn't even introduced me you on the other hand you are you are protagonist status
2: right so this is this is our story
1: yeah you know they think it's funny right <laughs>
2: This whole,
1: like, you and Alex Matthews thing, the dramatic irony there. They think me having this mental break right now is funny? Oh, they are probably (laughs) laughing right now, knowing them.
0: (laughs) Fuck you.
2: (laughs) I still don't really understand why I should even get out of bed anymore.
1: Number five. I don't like to use it, but it's there. And you now know what you can do with it.
2: I mean, it seems like flimsy at best. I have to still get this Nick guy to do what I want.
1: He's surprisingly compliant. (laughs) (laughs) This is where you've got to reroute a lot of your thinking, magician. A lot of the time you've been thinking about what's, what's best for the people around you. And now what's best for the people around you is what's most interesting for the people around you. Right. You so, so what
2: you're saying is, I just need to tell a good story.
1: Yeah, it's, it's kayfabe, man.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, if you could see Aaron's face, <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> oh my God. This is
1: the
2: worst possible world.
0: Yeah, um, we, you, we are living in, in the worst timeline.
2: I didn't think of it that way. I've always wanted my stories to have an impact on the world. I guess now they really can
1: you're a writer by trade you are so perfectly fit for this like narratively like they probably thought of that (laughs) (sighs)
2: yeah yeah you're right that's huh this is a lot to take in
1: yeah no think it over man think it over
2: but no that makes
1: a lot of sense I'm so glad to hear someone finally say that to me (laughs)
0: It's been thirty years people don't
1: say that to me a lot.
2: <laughs> and you've been dealing with it how how have you been dealing with this on your own for so long?
1: Uh I drink a lot. <sighs> uh. <laughs> Nick gave me a drinking problem. How <laughs> fucked up's that? He <laughs> like hadn't pre-planned it. That was just off the cuff. He decided I get to have one. <laughs> and I've had to live with it for years. <laughs> That's Charlie banging her head against the table
0: Is this episode just going to be titled The World's Greatest Circle Jack? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> is that what this episode title is?
2: <laughs> Real vanity encounters <laughs> Into the Metaverse Yeah mm. <laughs>
1: What do you want, Alex? What I want? I... You've taken down your big arch enemy. Yeah. What next?
2: I don't know. I guess I fill out hyper drives and Shikari stories.
1: Perfect. I write those and we see where they go. Shikari's a good start. Go check on her.
2: Yeah, I should. Hey, um, thanks. That actually makes you feel a lot better. Yeah, no worries. Especially knowing that there's someone else here that knows that we're all just a story and a bunch of 20-something-year-old Ted's.
1: Mm-hmm. I feel better too, man. <laughs> yeah. Great. <laughs> you're, you're a fucking flat earther. <laughs> yeah, a truther. <laughs> like, Castle takes the rook pad back and he hangs up and goes, that was weird, but... <laughs> yeah, where's Shikari? Uh, over in the med bay. Uh, they're calling in and saying she's stable already, apparently.
2: I'm going to go see her.
1: You must have fixed her up. Okay. She'll be good.
2: Great. Uh, Bye. Mm-hmm. I just leave and yeah. go to the med bay.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, yeah. I think, like, the, the transportation to the med bay was very fast, and they basically just woke me up for all intents and purposes. When yeah. I got there, I was physically healed, but they got me to change into a, um, like, I I guess a hospital gown yeah. or the, the Rook Industries equivalent. Um and while the um uh the the phone call with fiber optic was was well the Skype with fiber optic was going on i think what happened was they just did a few preliminary scans and um as they're trying to get these readings because they're very different from Shikari, obviously and i she she puts up a hand and she's just can i have a minute please just five minutes
1: uh the like the head doctor there goes all right step back everyone
0: here and i'm in this like isolation room and it closes and um that she hasn't seen a reflective surface yet she just knows that she feels weird and she's she's seen her arms and whatnot and she's in this hospital gown and she can see that her vitiligo patches are now just like permanently white and moth furry but um her fingernails are like liquid black, kind of like talons. And the pads are all of her fingertips are all fuzzy. and she wiggles her toes, and they're kind of the same as well. Mm. And um she stretches and she can feel like something creaking in her back and then something tickling. And then she looks over her shoulder and then she sees them these these iridescent, just giant moth wings. And they are the moth wings of a Oleander hawk moth, but they are the same purple that her, um, her original costume was. And she just sort of freezes for a second as these, like they're almost like they're curled up against her back and she just sort of stares at them and she swings her legs over the bed and goes, starts walking towards the bathroom that's like on the side um, of the bed and she opens the door and she can see the the sink and mirror like a few steps in front of her and she's just standing there with her hand on the um like the door frame and she she looks down at her feet as she's walking and she's looking at these black toenails and she's noticing that she's kind of living like like as she's walking there's like this weird like powdery puffy residue in her wake and she's not quite sure if that's sort of falling off the fur or her wings or her feet because there's definitely fuzzy pads on her feet too and um it's as she's walking and she tilts her head down because she's trying to avoid looking at any reflective surfaces two long pointed floppy and antenna just sort of droop in front of her face with her fringe and she brings her hands up to sort of like I guess pull at them or like twist them like you would like a mustache or something. Mm. And it's like, you know that weird sensation when you poke at your belly button a bit too deep and you get that weird feeling like you're (laughs) pulling at this cord on the inside. Fucking do it right now. Do it. You'll know the feeling that I need. I really
3: don't want to. No.
0: You, (laughs) like, poke and wiggle at your belly button. I would
3: prefer doing anything else, (laughs) actually. And you're like,
0: wow, there's this, like, fucking thing on the inside of me. Please (laughs) don't tempt me, okay? (laughs) And, like, she tugs on her antenna and she gets that feeling, but instead of in the pit of her stomach, it's coming from, like, her skull. Whoa. And, but from two points at the front of her skull, and she can sort of... She's always had these supernatural senses like she could hear heartbeats but now it's almost echolocationy and vibrationy less like m- like more so than just like traditional human hearing and she she puts her hands on the sink and she's still looking down and she she sort of grits her teeth which are kind of kind of sharp like they're not vamp- like vampiric anime boy shark teeth but they're definitely sharper than like molars and she looks into the mirror and she is i mean aside from everything that's already been listed so drastically different the the biggest change in her face that she can notice would be her eyes the the whites of her eyes are just completely pitch black completely and utterly pitch black and um that opalescent colour that her eyes would turn is now permanently there and that is both the colour of her pupils and her irises. There's, It's just two, two set colours. There's no whites to her eyes anymore. And she actually has a second set, a second smaller set of eyes. One just sort of right at the far corner just right Mm. on the cheekbone area. It's maybe about an eighth of the size. And um, she sees this and freezes and she blinks. And then she notices as she opens her eyes again that there's a second set of eyelids that close horizontally rather than vertically and they're kind of translucent. (laughs) And she, she doesn't have eyebrows anymore, just sort of these defined ridges of hair well not hair sorry like defined just like skin ridges mm-hmm. and there's hair over them where vitilico patches were but not where eyebrows would be and yeah she's got these four two primary eyes and the second set of smaller eyes that can see behind her further than her regular eyes would and she's these antennae are sort of vibrating on her head picking up everything in every direction and she's just sort of and she's she's gripping at this sink and she's as she's staring at her reflection in the mirror she can hear distantly because she's in such a big state of shock that she she rips the the this like it, it wouldn't be porcelain because this is rook industries it's some sort of industrial material but she just She doesn't even just rip it off, she completely shatters it in her grasp. And there is this like cascade of this weird industrial metal and she's just standing there with her fists clenched, staring at her reflection in the mirror. And I think this cascade of metal, like this shatter is what you hear as you, I imagine, knock on this closed door like of the actual isolation ward um alex jikari
2: are you there no response i was told you're in here we need to talk about what happened (laughs) can i come in please
0: i think just as you're about to reach for the door handle and open it which i imagine is what your next step would be something comes flying through the wall just to the left of the door where you're standing and i think it's probably just like a um like one of those medicine trolleys that have like okay <laughs> <laughs> like all the the scalpels and medicine and like the defib um like machines on it it just comes flying through the wall next to you yep i kind of deserve
2: that
1: yeah Oh, uh, like all the the guards in here panic, and like uh, three of them run over behind you with their guns it's, drawn.
2: It's fine. It's fine. I'm the protagonist of this story. <laughs> oh no! <laughs>
0: <laughs>
2: <laughs> oh shit! Oh wow! <laughs> and so is she.
1: They they put their guns back in their holsters and step back.
2: We need to talk about what happened. I mean, you have every right to be angry at me, but I need you to know why you're like this. And sure, I'm definitely partially to blame, but the one that's really to blame for all this... You know what? Never mind. You wouldn't understand.
0: And and when you say that, um, you see Shikari in her hospital gown because she's, as you were talking, she was just sort of looking at her reflection. She's... She's realised that she'll never have a secret identity ever again because she's been trying to retract all of these physical anomalies, and it's just it's just not happening. And she steps into the um, in front of the hole that blasted through the wall from the, the the bed to the bathroom and through the wall into the hallway. And she's standing in in the hole of this rubble, and she's just standing there staring at you with. All four of her eyes just wide.
2: You were pretty you you were pretty banged up. And I put the book back together. And unfortunately, your
0: story your story is this now. I I, I think as as she's walking up to you, there's like this um clicking kind of coming from the back of her throat that Holy she can't s- even really Ooh. control. Oh my god. Just like this.
2: They don't move,
0: and she just sort of walks up mm-hmm. to you, and she just like jabs a, a black fingernail into your chest. <coughs> I deserve that. Not like into it, just like she's not stabbing you, dude. <laughs> she's just you have, like you have super strength. Oh, fuck, yeah. that is true. I've probably punctured a little bit.
2: I mean, I wouldn't say punctured. <laughs> it just feels like someone's punched you in the chest a little bit, like a yeah, bit, winded. yeah, yeah. Mm.
0: And I, she just starts poking at your chest and then she just starts like slowly just thudding her like weakly clenched fists uh, against your chest and she just sort of she doesn't say anything she just sort of starts sliding down to her knees i wrap my arms around her and i just say i'm sorry yeah her antenna are just sort of like um like pulled back against her head And the, the, the wings are tightly clenched in, um, like around her shoulders and she's just, I think she's just sort of like shuddering and there's these like, like powdery puffs coming off her body with each like roll of movement. And I think she's just sort of slumped on her knees to the ground and she's just kind of like clutching. At your pant legs. Fuck. Look, we should probably... I
2: look around the room.
0: There's all these, like, fucking hospital staff just like, fuck. Yeah. We should probably go somewhere quieter and talk. She she looks up and she looks around at this hospital staff and she looks around at these guards who have their hands hovering over their holsters. Mm. And then she looks around some more... And she just goes, where's Hyperdrive?
1: And uh, this is when one of the <laughs> staff that works here comes in and goes, uh, Invoker. Yeah? Uh, we've got a shorthorn at the information desk. Says uh, Hyperdrive is going to fight retcon and needs your help immediately.
3: <laughs> oh my God.
1: <laughs> Are you available for an appointment? <laughs> Tacked short one and and
0: before <laughs> before you can respond, Lakshmi just starts laughing. She, she this hysterical laughter and she's she's gripping at your pant legs and they they've torn through. Like her fingernails have just straight up torn through your pant legs, and she's just laughing. And she looks up at you, and all four of her eyes are leaking this like kind of weird thick liquid. And she just looks up at you. <laughs> Do we even have a choice at this point?
2: Well, this is your story. What do you want to do? Oh, do, you, do you want to go save him, or do you want me to bring him here and get him out of whatever danger he's gotten himself into?
0: I don't.
2: Uh, I, I can't make this decision.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Unfortunately, my chapter's over.
0: Oh my god. Uh, and you, there are those like clicks again. I sort of
2: like pat your head to try and calm you down.
0: And she just smacks your hand away. Yeah, that's fair. And she she's still on her knees and her hands are like gripping these handholds she's made in your hero costume. <laughs> and she's don't exactly have time to think about this right now. The rookies have a job to do.
1: And with that we conclude the session. Fuck! End of session moves. <laughs> oh
0: man, what are my end of session moves? Ooh, ooh, I have new ones. Mm. <laughs> no,
2: because end of session is the uh... end of session is yeah
0: yeah. yeah oh, we, true. We
2: weren't celebrating.
0: We a weren't
3: celebrating
0: and... a victory. victory. Never mind. No 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 no. We no. don't do those. We don't
1: do those. You you beat Mister Living. <laughs> <laughs>
3: No, he didn't. No, he didn't. Yeah, I did. No, no, you didn't. (laughs) No, you did. Nick did.
2: (laughs) Nick beat Mister Living because I asked him really nicely. This is fucked.
0: (laughs) Well, mine's easy.
2: (laughs) Mine's relatively easy too. Yeah. Um, I've grown into my own image of myself Mm. as a protagonist. In a tabletop role-playing podcast, mm-hmm. that's the image of myself that I've grown into. Yes, and I am going to, I'm going to switch my my danger going to go down one, and my superior is going to go up one.
1: That makes a lot of sense. Yeah.
2: Well, I'd definitely
0: move away from the team.
1: <sighs> yeah, I reckon.
3: I reckon that's a pretty accurate statement
0: yeah do you want this back? yeah I, I would like my influence back, please, cause it's my fault
2: there you yeah go. Mm.
0: <laughs> yeah, cause I don't think anyone else has influence over me anyway, so uh nope, yeah Not I <laughs> yeah, I mean she just no matter what she does, she keeps trying to get the team back together, and it just. Everyone just keeps lying and doing things without letting people know and then not checking before they do stuff, and she's tired. (laughs) (laughs) And also she has four eyes now, and it's fucking weird. And how is she going to take a chem lab test? Like, fuck.
2: (laughs) I don't think you're taking that chem lab test.
0: Does the rookies have, like, an educational program for that? For the rookies. I mean, Ark goes to my school. Yeah, but he has a secret identity. (laughs) What does the mantle do? (laughs) Does he,
2: does he really have a secret identity? (laughs) And he struts around Rook Industries in like his boxes.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Mm, Yeah. What a prick. Um, uh, (laughs) I, this is a weird one. Uh, I think Jack grew into his own image of
1: himself. I can see that. Um he's... becoming hyperdrive.
3: Yeah, well like he's becoming he's he's like digging or like like entrenching himself within the philosophy uh that that he's he's kind of built up around hero whack. And and now now he's using this this villainous stinge to his advantage. Um uh yeah. Like he's yeah, it's. I, I think. I think that's that's kind of the crux of it. Is that hyperdrive? Hyperdrive is secondary to to Jack's personal view on what it means to be a hero, mm. um, uh, which is to get oneself wrapped up in grey, awful situations, mm-hmm. be an antisocial prick most of the time.
2: So which labels are you shifting?
3: I think I'm going to shift my savior down and my danger up um uh because because the the way the way I see uh hyperdrive now is that I have access to the technology that has been collated by many ex supervillains um uh, and and I am just going to treat that like uh a penny candy store and mix and match it's gonna be it's gonna be gadget of the week
2: for me. Superhero Gacha Yeah. Fuck yes. <laughs>
0: Fuck yes. That's so cool. Um, I would also like to quickly clear some conditions, and I would like to argue that I could clear guilty and insecure because I made a sacrifice. You did by saving Jack, which was also taking a foolhardy action without talking to my team. <laughs> so I would like to clear insecure and guilty because I don't think I really did anything else.
2: I would like to also clear Insecure by taking a foolhardy action without talking to the team, which was uh, to fix Lakshmi's book. Oh, yes. I would also like to take away... I can't take away that one. No, I can take away that one. Uh, Angry, uh, to hurt someone or break something important, which was, uh, again, Lakshmi. Right. (laughs) And I would also like to uh, remove Guilty, which is uh, uh, if you make a sacrifice to absolve your guilt which is, again, Lakshmi.
1: I don't think I'll let her count for all three. Come on. You
0: didn't sacrifice shit, bitch.
2: (laughs) No, that's fair.
1: (laughs) So the final panels of this comic uh, take place inside Lakshmi's apartment.
0: Uh, mm, Yeah, Lamar and
1: Kanal are sitting there on the couch and um, uh, Mrs. Deshpande has come over to the TV and she's like, all right, I'll put it on one more time for you all. And uh, it, she's uh, got like this YouTube playlist she's put together, which is just all of these reports of cool stuff that the New Wave has done. And their their favorite one to watch is the Doggingsworth news report about how you defeated the evil Dr. Mothman. <laughs> and they're they're watching this news report, and they're they're both like a, a drawing with crayons. And uh, we get this like top-down panel of the coffee table, which is entirely covered in these drawings of Lakshmi, like, beating up Mothman. And Mothman is evil, Mothman is terrible.
0: Oh no! Oh fuck!
1: And with that, we conclude. Oh
3: my god. Oh no. Nick (laughs) dammit. No!
0: Oh no!
1: You can find us at RF Encounters on Twitter, or as Real Fantasy Encounters on Facebook. We appreciate any support, whether that's leaving a review or telling a friend about us. Thanks for listening, and see you next week.